What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Devin Uglin and Ronnie Flores here on an early Wednesday morning. Ronnie, uh, it's 9.03 a.m. I'm usually just getting out of bed right now. Shaking out the cobwebs? I'm just shaking off the cobwebs. I'm not a morning person. Um, as you can see, I have the, the coffee in tow. But uh, here we are. We're early because we have a uh, an interesting topic and, yeah. you know, kind of pertinent topic this morning about uh, the evolution of mixtapes and mixtape culture and how that's kind of progressed throughout the years from, you know, like the beginning with N1 mixtapes and um, the early filmers to now what we have with like Ball is Life, uh, Hoop Mixtape, everyone putting everything on Twitter, everything's on social media. Um, Correct. Everybody's gonna, life's on social yeah, media. We're gonna, like, yeah, we're going to bring in uh, our um, boss man, Matt Rodriguez, who's kind of one of the pioneers of this um, movement, I guess you could... You for could, lack of a better term. Yeah, you could you could describe it as. Um, and then I, I believe we're going to get uh, former Compton High and USC star and current San Antonio Spur, DeMar DeRozan, on the line because um, he kind of benefited from the the rise of mixtapes and Matt kind of followed him around basically for his entire high school career. Yeah, um, it, it was like something that mutually benefited both yeah. both groups, you yeah. know, like the high school players that Matt filmed at that time, especially DeMar because obviously he's a guy to film. He's oh, yeah, he jumping was one over, of the, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, jumping he, out of the gym so people want to see that. He's what I call a mixtape darling. Yeah. He's put the yeah. camera on and something good's going to happen. Yeah, if you saw him game by game, he just did some incredible things. Yeah, so we're, we're going to um, get some interesting perspective from both of those gentlemen um, in a little bit. But first, Ronnie, let's let's go to the National Football League. Um, there's some, <laughs> I mean, yeah, social I don't even know media. where to start. I don't, yeah, yeah, social media, this is a... Social media league. I, I think, Devin, I, I know we're going to talk a little bit about Antonio Brown. I think kind of what goes about what you're saying, it's a little bit of copycat. I think they saw what happened with the Lakers... And with Anthony Davis, yeah. and they think I can, you I know, can force my way out of here and get, get somewhere. Yeah, I can force my way out of here. I, I'm as big as I'm as important, and it's just a, a different dynamic. The game of football is a different dynamic, a bit. It's a not bit, a, a whole, super, a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, it's not a superstar yeah. oriented driven. Now, yeah, you you have great quarterbacks that make we difference. I think we've talked about that on a pod before. Yeah. There's six or seven quarterbacks that have basically dominated the league for the last. 15 years. Sure. They've won all the championships. Right. No point in naming them. We just go look you at You know who they are. They are. It's Manning, Brady, etc. Manning, Brady, Ben Roethlisberger's won a couple. Correct. We, we've talked about that before. So speaking Eli of Manning. Ben, yeah, speaking of Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he's looking good right now. Yeah, right now nobody's <laughs> paying attention to him. Yeah, he, yeah, Big Ben is, is glad for two reasons right now. Yeah. Number one, Antonio Brown is not on his team. Yeah. And number two, yeah. he, he's looking good in comparison. So... Um, Take us a little rundown yeah, of what I mean, you've, you've just sure, highlighted. I'm most sure people everyone's, heard, but, yeah, everyone's yeah. who listens to this knows what's going on. Antonio Brown, I guess you know he, he basically forced his way out of Oakland. He yeah. was traded from the Steelers to the Raiders for a couple draft picks. Um, he started missing team functions because he was unhappy with the new helmet right. requirement the, yeah. the NFL instituted because he he felt that he couldn't see. I've never put on this helmet. Yeah, and I. Played football up until like flag football at the age of seven, so yeah. I don't know how that impacted yeah, his think, vision. You know, like there's a Nike Air helmet, or Dell. There's all these different companies, and some people grow up used to a certain helmet. Yeah, and then they maybe can't that's wear a legitimate it. gripe. I don't know. Yeah, again, some of them are heavier than others. Yeah, it's also how much you pump it. You know. Okay. Again, I haven't put on an NFL helmet. I'm just going by what I know from a high school helmet. Right. You know, maybe he's some. Who it's knows? Very particular. Maybe that's a legitimate gripe. Um, yeah. But then. You know that but at some point you're that, professional. Yeah, that league's a league. Uh, <laughs> rules are rule. I mean, he, he missed multiple team functions, training camp things, and obviously the next step for the Raiders to do is 
yeah. is, issue a fine because that's, you know, part standard. of your contract. It's standard operating mm. procedure. Yeah. Uh, so then when the fine was, it was a written letter from the GM, Mike Mayock, to yeah. Brown. And Brown posted it on Instagram, Instagram because that's what you do, right? That's yeah. what you do these days. Um, and to me, that's already saying something like, whoa, what is this immature, guy doing? Right? Yeah, what is this guy doing? If you're the Raiders, you're making a move, you're trying to grow a fan base in Vegas is basically what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you're, you're trying to get next through this year. year. Yeah, you're trying to get through this year, have a positive season. So you're like, dang, you know, and you already got a reputation for kind of being the the renegade team, one of the renegade yeah. teams in the league. Yeah. You haven't really won anything in twenty years. You know, so, they haven't been in the Super Bowl in two thousand two. All of this played into the you, renegade you, thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. then Brown and, and Mike Mayock, the GM, got into a verbal altercation uh, yeah. and had to be separated after yeah. Brown posted the uh, picture of the fine to his Instagram story. Yeah. Um, and then Brown went and issued an apology to <laughs> the, the team, the organization, all the fans, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then later, he goes on, he like has someone, or maybe he did it himself, which would be pretty impressive, uh, kind of uh, do like a little mixtape. You know, wow. of, of a little mixtape of him, you know, running onto the field and like, yeah, it, became a he show. recorded a conversation between yeah. him and coach John Gruden about how John Gruden, you know, wants him to be there and sure. all this stuff. He's so a productive player. He no posted doubt. that and then he gets hit with a $200,000 <laughs> fine by the Raiders, which, which pretty much, uh, sealed his it's end fate. with the organization. Yeah. Uh, the $200,000 fine allowed them to basically void the $30 million on his contract and release him. Wow. So he that's gets, a lot of money. Yeah, he gets released, and then guess who swoops in? Yeah, the only team that that really that, could handle all of this. Yeah, uh, the New England Patriots. A lot of people were comparing this to when Randy Moss went there. I think it's completely different. I don't yeah. think Randy Moss was causing these this level of no, distraction. No, um, it's funny because he was with the Raiders. Obviously, he was with right. You know, and and also Devin, he was also thirty years old. Those are the only those Two. are the only similarities. They were thirty years old. old. They were on the Raiders, Raiders and they went to the Patriots. Because I remember I was watching the games and I was watching them closely at that time. I think the quarterback was Dante Culpepper for the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken, or uh, the guy from LSU. Uh, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. So the Raiders just weren't that good. I remember, I mean, Moss had a couple good games. He didn't really produce at 29, 28 in those two seasons. You're thinking, okay, he had great years in Minnesota. What's going to happen to his career? Russell wasn't good. They just weren't good. The Raiders were, it was a different, they just weren't that good. Yeah. So then it was like, okay, he needs something new. He goes to the Patriots. Tom Brady's in his prime and he has the best season of wide receivers basically ever had. He had 23 touchdowns, NFL record. It was like this guy is back to what he was in his early years in Minnesota. Yeah. So, but there was not a, really a lot of transgressions uh, in public. In pub- like this, no, yeah. no, he was just uh, on a bad team, and and uh, you know, I think he appreciated his time. I remember his Hall of Fame speech a year or two ago, and he was like, "Hey, I love the silver and black. It just, it just didn't work." He goes, "Hey, it just didn't work out, guys. I apologize to the silver and black nation." You know. Yeah. And that's basically what he said. So for this, this guy, it's a little different boat. Uh, he's been very productive, like you said. He had what six straight seasons with 100 catches and over a thousand yards. Seven, yeah, I mean, seven-time Pro Bowler. So obviously, yeah. he knows how to, he, he's he knows a good he's player. But it hasn't amounted to anything. Yeah, right. I, I haven't thought of one game, and it's like, wow! I remember Antonio Brown got the Steelers into the AFC title game or got him into the Super Bowl. Right. It hasn't. It didn't happen. Right. So him going to the Raiders. I, I mean, obviously, they they he's one of the better players or wide receivers in the league. They could have used him, but what was really going to happen if he if he played all sixteen games, Devin? I mean, they're going to be eight and eight. I mean, yeah, it'll be eight. It'll be, it'll be maybe nine and seven, and yeah. you know, miss the playoffs. I mean, that's 
and that's whatever. So is that like you said? Is it worth all? Yeah. Your, that Wasn't worth the thirty million. Is it was all of this worth the thirty million that they were going to pay him, mm-hmm. and now are not that the Patriots picked up? I don't. I, and there was something that happened uh, Tuesday, Ronnie, yeah. that uh, makes everyone wonder whether he's going to get paid at all this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, his former trainer is accusing him of um, like sexual assault, assault, rape, yeah, uh, things of that. Kind nature. of a little wild, right? Like she came back. To still train him after the alleged first incident, that's, you know... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, here's it's, the thing. You have to now take, it's spiring out of control. You have to take all those yeah. allegations very seriously. Yeah. But um, I don't know, because I don't know the facts. Yeah. He's denying it. Yeah. Uh, his the agent, timing's very off. Yeah, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, is, yeah. uh, is going on, you know, multiple yeah. shows and denying Drew all the Rose allegations. Drew Rosenhaus is getting his, getting his Ro- money's worth. He's uh, getting he, paid. Yeah, <laughs> Drew Rosenhaus is getting paid get, this year. He is. <laughs> <laughs> He's working for it, though. He's, work- He's working for, for that money, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people think that agents kind of just sit yeah. back and don't do no. anything. Drew Rosenhaus is working for no, whatever dollar control. he's getting, right? Yeah. Um, so who knows what happens with um, Antonio Brown? But let's let's um, look at the bring this into basket, yeah. like compare this to basketball. Yeah. Did do you think Anthony Davis, uh, his you know push out of New Orleans to get to the Lakers, which eventually worked? He tried, you know, yeah. he was trying it since the middle of last year. And it worked, you know. The, he's on he's the Lakers. The, he's on the Lakers. The Pelicans yeah. got good return for for Davis. Yeah. Um, do you think that Davis's, you know, ability to do that sparked the uh, a movement per se of, yeah. of pro players trying I think to force so. their way out of things? Because I think that if an NFL guy is gonna, he thinks he's equal to an NBA guy. He thinks he's equal to an NBA guy in terms okay. of stature, yeah, in yeah. terms of uh, social. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the word is I'm looking uh, for. Clout. Social clout. <laughs> but guess what? In basketball, it only takes one player to make a big difference. That's just the nature of the game, especially in now. football, there's 11 guys. And on, you, on the you need a quarterback. You need a running back to be good. You need, you need a, a left tackle. To be good. You need a left tackle. You need a center. Those are all <laughs> yeah. very important positions. I mean, great. Antonio Brown's great. You need a left tackle to block for Big Ben yeah. or whoever your quarterback is. Yeah. I mean, it's bottom line. So it's a little different. But I get why it happened. You could see these things happening. If it's going to happen in one league, it, you think it's probably going to happen in the next. Yeah. You know, like you're just going to. So who's next? Who's next you know, to make the move? It, it's funny to talk a little bit about that. We talked about Randy Moss is on the Raiders. Brown's on the Raiders. You know, um, we talk a little bit about that. And the thing is, is. The Raiders used to be the team that would get the players that the New England can now. The Raiders were the team that re, re, re resurrected careers. It's really funny. <laughs> now <laughs> the ones everybody wants to leave. You know, like Al Davis. What would have Al Davis told told Antonio Brown? Right. Just play, baby. You know, or what? I mean, it's just funny to uh, to think about that. But uh, it's time changes and things change. You know. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, so uh, let's move on from this. This was kind of a. Dull way to open the podcast, but uh, it's interesting to to talk about it and see who might be the next one to to make that move. Let's move to Team USA real quick, Ronnie. Before we bring on Matt, um, Team USA today they lost to France, eighty nine seventy nine in the FIBA World Cup, the first time since two thousand two that they will not uh, be in position to earn a medal in this specific competition. This is separate from the Olympics. Make sure, sure. everybody knows that. Um, are you shocked by this at all? Um, no, I'm not too shocked. Let me ask you this, Devin. Are they going to qualify for the Olympics? Again, just playing devil's advocate. I don't, if if they, all the guys who are supposed to play, play, yeah. 
Okay. It, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this isn't like a uh, qualifying event. This Got is a it. different thing, I think. The qualifying event will be a separate thing when b- before the Olympics. Got begin. it. So I'm not too shocked. Not too shocked at all because the world is getting better at ball. I think people were shocked in 2002 when they didn't medal before the Olympics. When they didn't win the Olympics in 2004, I think that was Manu Ginobili's great moment. You know, uh, kind of like, wow, Manu Ginobili led his country, Argentina, to the gold medal. So, you know... This it's been kind of brewing this, Devin. Yeah, some of the higher end players in the NBA didn't want to play. They backed out. They wanted to work out. Oh, I'm going to back out. Yeah, I mean, you we know. looked at the roster. Like Donovan Mitchell is probably the best, most notable, recognizable player on that yeah, team. Him Kemba and Walker. Walker. They have so, Harrison Barnes. They're solid pros, but but Harrison guess, Barnes today was guarding Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 world has just gotten better. So it's not if you don't come to play, if you're not or prepared. Uh, maybe you don't have the high-end NBA players, nor you're not going to win, but that's okay. I don't see what the – it's not a it's shot. It's not a big deal. And I think no. a big difference that people are missing um, is the fact that FIBA basketball is different. Yeah. It's a different style of play. It's a different, yeah. you know, way that the refs officiate. Um, knock the ball off the rim. Knock the ball off the rim. Yeah. Goaltending is legal. Yeah. Uh, that type of goaltending And, is. you know, maybe, maybe there's some – the referees kind of don't really want – the USA to, <laughs> to be successful. Yeah, they're not going right? to give I mean, them a yeah. break. They're not going to give anybody a break. They're not going to give the USA a break. Why should they? Yeah. I, I, I think it's okay to knock the, you know, the David Goliath type of thing. Right. I think it just makes everybody, hey, you got to come to play or get a developmental team that wants to be there that maybe NBA scouts make it live for NBA scouts that so they can say, hey, if these guys get a bronze medal, that they busted their butt and they're very good. Yeah. What, you at know, what I point? Mean, the Olympics used to, have... used to be a great evaluative Tool because they had college players because they had college players and there's nothing wrong with that. I think we've proven the point with the couple three teams. Yeah, if the best players go, we're going to be the heavy favorite. Probably <laughs> right. win. So what? What? There's nothing left to prove on the international level that no. If all the all the great American-born players play on Team USA, they're going to win and practice and take it serious. Yeah, they're going to win because I think that's one thing people forget about the 2014. Yeah, LeBron was on it. He was like 18 or 19 years old. I mean, Allen Iverson and Carmelo. I think Allen Iverson was supposed to be one of the leaders of the team. He's the reigning MVP, and it's just like <laughs> they just didn't either didn't care. They didn't gel, right? Or they, they didn't, didn't gel. gel. Yeah. So not a not a not a huge big deal. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, we'll see the still, highlights. Yeah, it's still interesting to to watch that play out. Um, obviously, if LeBron and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and if he was healthy, Kyrie Irving and all those guys played. I don't think that the uh, you know that result. Yeah, they'd happened. be in this boat <laughs> right now. Yeah, they'd be on their way to a gold medal. But um, speaking of that, let's Devin, move into yeah. uh, our guy. Yeah, Matt Rodriguez just dropped into the closet. Uh, he turned on the air conditioning for us, which we greatly appreciate because we don't if, know how to do it. If, <laughs> I think that's by design. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we're not allowed to because we'd have that shit running all the time. We'd leave it on. I'd probably <laughs> leave it on. It'd just be running all, all weekend. But uh, speaking of two 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 things that came together, you're talking about that. You know, if if Demar Derozan is not at Compton High, when Matt Rodriguez is kind of uh, you know young college finishing college, moving to Los Angeles, you know, would we be here right now? Matt Rodriguez is a Bay Area boy. Yeah, so he was. Down here, and he, and um, we're gonna bring Matt on. So Matt, uh, we appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Um, when when did you get? How interested were you in basketball highlight videos as a kid? Obviously, we're just starting with the basics of of a highlight video because that's kind of kind of the essence of 
how Ball is Life started. So, you know, what was your interest level? Give us a little background there. Um, myself and a group of my friends, like, we were, like, really big on, like, the N1 mixtape tour at the time. Like, if people don't know, like, back when I was in high school, like, prior to 2003, yeah. uh, the N1 shoes came out, and they were given, like, DVDs away of Ray for Olsen's, or Skip to My Lou at the time. Yep. Um, and the DVD did extremely well, so then they started selling it, and I think it, like, did, like, multi-platinum or whatever you, whatever you call it in selling DVDs. I think the first like three or four volumes did extremely well uh, and it was just like a great marketing uh, piece for them so for us we saw that we, we instantly wanted to like imitate the moves that were in the video whether they're illegal or illegal sure sure um, and it just the the coolest thing about it is that it was so like amateurly made it's not like it was a professionally produced tape video. yep so for us we saw that and we're like man we can we can go get a camcorder and and do stuff like this too and and Early in, in those days, too, you would hear stories about guys who are NBA legends playing in high school, and those guys would have, like, these almost mythological stories of what they would do. Or what they would do. Games. So for us, we're just like, why don't we go and try and capture some of those moments and, like, tell the story through the visual video form. Um, so at the time when we, we really started, um, one of the first guys we actually covered was Derrick Rose, and we put up a video of him in 2006, and this was before... Google had acquired YouTube. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. Facebook was still really just like a college campus type deal. MySpace was around. Everybody had sure. Tom as their friend. Love MySpace. <laughs> I think it was like top five or top eight. Top or eight. Like, yeah, top eight. If you were in the top eight, you were not a, a true friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we put the video up. We got like 30,000 views overnight, shut down our server. Um, and, and while it was a bad thing, it just showed us like, hey, there's like an appetite for the content. Yeah, there's a market for this. <laughs> Yeah, so we just continued it. Um, I eventually moved down here to Southern California uh, with all of these uh, Angel and Dodger fans, which uh, I just had to deal with. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when I moved down here, I started following uh, DeMar DeRozan over at Compton High School throughout his junior and, and senior year. And it was, it was definitely something different than what I was used to seeing where I grew up. Sure, in terms of the level of ball and how he played. But how did you hear about DeMar? Or how, how did that word of mouth get around that, that this is the guy I need to film? Or did you already see something, or did you just go to a game? Um, um, well, it was a little bit of, like, rankings, for one. Yeah. It was like, I went to, like, the ranking site, which I think Rivals was the big one at the time. Sure, um, yeah. And I saw, like, who was closest to us, like, in Southern California, mm -hmm. just because Southern California had such a wider crop of players I could choose from than Northern California. Sure, sure. I think it's like always kind of been that way um, since I've been doing this. So it was just like, who's around me? Like, you had like Taylor King back then, you had DeMar DeRozan, you had James Harden, you had Renardo Sidney, like all those guys were kind of available. But I just really took to DeMar's game just because sure. he, he had that like supreme athletic ability, like he could score when he wanted to. Um, and I just wanted to show that to, to the world as best as I possibly could. So you're saying Taylor King's long-range, left-handed three-point shots didn't get as many views as DeMar's <laughs> between-the-legs dunks? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to give somebody a background with what Matt's talking about. Basically, um, as far as prominent filming before this this group in the mid to early to mid-2000s, um, Ron Aclario who is the Cardozo High School coach, and he's one of the all-time winningest coaches in the country. He almost has 900 wins. He, he filmed Rafer Austin, and which he played for his high school. So um, at the time, uh, Rafer had moved to Southern California. I don't know if a lot of people know this. He was playing summer league 
with JW North and Riverside, which they had a very good team. So it was coming into the 93 summer, and people were like, this guy's going to be one of the best players in Southern California. Everybody, most people that fall ball knew about him. I knew about him, seen him. Didn't know that he was going to become, like, skip to my little like that, obviously. But you could see he would be one of the better players in Southern California. Then he left. He went back to New York. He just, you know, it didn't work out. It was He was brought here by a guy named Rodney Parker, and it didn't work out. So There's not too many people that want to go to Riverside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, who they was, had a great who team. Who was the coach at North End? They had Mike Barty. Yes, yeah, they had Mike, Mike Barty. He's been there forever. And that year before, Corey Benjamin was there. They had Chris Claiborne, who later won the Budkiss Award at USC. They had a really good team. They were really good without Rafer. So Rafer went back to New York for his senior year, and he was kind of ineligible. So that summer um, – Naclario was like, and he's crazy. If you guys know Ron Naclario, he's like, I need to film this guy. He's incredible. The world needs to see him. So, like you said, it wasn't Ron Naclario just set up his tripod with his VHS camcorder and filmed those games. And then they later were used for the, the basis of that first and one uh, volume one. And it kind of changed the whole basketball landscape. So, just wanted to give people uh, the ties to Southern California and had and, and how that became a being. It became popular. Obviously, they gave the, the tape to, like, entertainers. They gave the, the tape to uh, prominent basketball people. I'm sure they gave it to every NBA uh, franchise, things like that. And then they did it. It did so well. It got such good reviews. They teamed up with Foot Action. And it yeah, was if action. you bought something in the store, they they had some legit shoes yeah. at Foot Action. Back they bought some, You bought some in the stores, you got the tape for free. And it just did a huge, like Matt said, it did a huge amount of, of, of units very fast for that time, like 200,000 in a couple weeks. It was a ridiculous amount. So that's kind of how that grew, grew there. Um, so going back to there, so you're filming DeMar. How did you hook up with Otic? You know, um, now you're filming DeMar. You guys have a – you see that this could be successful at some level. Take us through that part of how you met Otic and w- how did you guys to try to make a go of a business? Um, well, I actually met him on eHarmony at the time. I put up out a post. Uh, That's pretty on, cute. Just... <laughs> 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 no, at, at the time, the uh, original crew that we started with, we kind of split and we had like sure. different companies and that was the guys that went and did uh, Hoop Mixtape. We were all young. Like we, sure. You all, when you're young, you kind of run into situations where you're going to have disagreements with each other. And unfortunately, because we we're so far across the country from each other, it's hard to like really make up in those situations. Correct. Um, so they kind of went and did their own thing with Hoop Mixtape. And I essentially had to like start Ball's Life over at that point. Um, and luckily, uh, a guy that was working with me at the time, a young kid, he, he knew Otic. And he referred him to us. We went to an event in Vegas called the the Gboa Championships, which was ran by our boy Dinos. Yeah. Um, and he went and saw Brandon Jennings playing with Demar for like that short period of time. And yeah, he just kind of fell in love with what we were doing. Got and, it. Uh, he was just like, "How can I do more of this? How can I be a part of this even more?" At first, he was just going to start to to work on the the DVD that we produced, and then he kind of just stuck around after that. Wow. Yeah, I remember that time. I remember the guys who. Eventually became Hoop Mixtape. I, I met you guys. I, we'd run around. I'd say, okay, I'll be at that gym. I'll be at Rancho. I'll be at Foothill. You know, um, Nils and Durden. They, oh, I'm going to go over here and watch this guy. It was fun times. It was a lot of work. I remember you guys, were, it was a lot of work. You know, obviously, schedules changed, and there wasn't like, you could go to a gym, and the guy maybe didn't play. You didn't know beforehand. There wasn't a lot of, like, social media to tell you or somebody to 
You know, he's not playing. He's not in warm-up right, lines. He didn't text his AAU coach yeah, and be yeah. like, hey, is he even, playing today? Yeah. Even more than that, yeah, we, yeah. we weren't really treated as media. Correct. Like, it was too new. Like, we were paying tickets to go film in the stands. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't on the baseline. Yes, oh, we had wow. to pay. Yeah. So, like, these... These newer guys coming up, they have like gives no me an idea. That gives me an idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Because I, I remember one time uh, I walked in a rancho and it was a, it's one long summer, you know, and I remember the kid from Reno, o- Olick Chez. Um, he was a forward. He was kind of just like a dunker. It was awesome. He was a, a good player to follow. And I remember I walked in, and it was early in the morning, and I look up in the stands, and, and Otik is just asleep on the stands. <laughs> he just needed a break. He was just completely asleep, laying down with his back. to the, I was like, man. I, so I, I appreciated the work you guys did at the time. It's weird how things never change, though. Yeah. Because Otik looks is, half asleep half the time yeah, he's now, walking around. Now he's, I, haven't, I haven't seen that guy in like six months. I mean, Otik's always working. It was the same thing then. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you know, we're you guys were trying to get to the next guy, get to the next game, whether it was, you know, D-Rose, O.J. Mail, who, whoever it was that next summer, DeMar, Brandon, uh, Dinos' games, or, or the games at Foothill. So, yeah, very interesting times. And, uh, yeah, like, did you guys ever think, man, this is – did you ever say at some point, this is too crazy, we're, we're not making enough money, like, we're just spending a lot of time on this. You it's, know, it's not going to work. It's not going to work or something like or that. I, I, I can't run around and do this forever. You know, w- what was the thinking there? No, actually, like the reverse kind of happened. It was really, <clears throat> for me, I realized early on that we had to like diversify our revenue streams. We can't just rely on uh, ads from like YouTube and, and third party sources. So for me, it was really about paying attention to like making sure that, that the website grew. Um, and also having an emphasis on growing other parts, like like when Twitter came around and Instagram and, and YouTube and those things, and you want everything to kind of flourish along the way. Um, but also having like the apparel line helps a lot. If you're not always having an ad buy coming in, uh, whether direct or indirect, um, the apparel is a way for your fans to keep supporting you. And they also get something tangible to kind of rep the brand as well. Um, so that, that helped us a lot along the way to be able to s- just say, Hey, like if we want to go and do this, we're just going to go and do it. We're not going to like just hold ourselves back. And we saw things continuously grow. So if they're growing and you can see that there's like a huge amount of like fan support over it, you're able to eventually get to a point where you're like, I can quit my job. I can go and do this. Yeah. I- I'm going to change my initial like major in school to focus more on what I'm doing. Did you and have a job? While you're doing this, like a regular job? When I was filming tomorrow, I was yeah, actually yeah. working like anywhere between 40 to 60 hours a week. Doing what? Um, I was a pharmacy technician at uh, at then Long's Drugs. Pharmacy. Long's Drugs. Yeah. Dude, I love Long's Drugs. <laughs> that was a good spot. Not for drugs, but for other things. <laughs> yeah, so you just had to work, kind of work your schedule, make sure you knew what Compton's games were at, whether they were at Jim Harris, TLC, or his at, at a home game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he was obviously prominently featured in in Ball's Life Volume 1 the project uh which kind of like from my perspective at that time I was working from student sports and transition to ESPN like that's the first showpiece video you guys had and uh so what does that video mean to you at the time and what does it mean to you now um it actually meant a lot and one of the big reasons was because at the time the school didn't understand what we were doing so like Compton High School? Yeah. Okay. Like the, the yeah. principal and the vice principal, like they actually didn't want us there. Sure. Sure. Like there it was even to a point where they were having meetings with the coach and meetings wow. with yeah. the team of don't let this guy in the gym. And like <laughs> I had Jesus. created I had created this 
like partnership or yeah. relationship with like the entire team and the coach where they were just yeah. like no nah, like this is good it's <laughs> yeah. Showing, yeah it's showing like good things for compton high school for one yeah. oh no doubt and it's giving like our players a platform to be pushed out more than just this specific area sure um so there was even like a, a story that a friend of mine Kyrie, he, he was on the team at the time he told me like they brought them in during like lunch or something which is like if you guys ever see this guy point him out and I guess like the team just got up and left. And, and for me, that just like meant so much. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm putting in all this hard work. Somebody, I, I mean, I give them the benefit of the doubt. They just didn't understand. Like it was too new. It was just too new. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like a young 20, 21 year old kid, just yeah. like following them around and, and distributing this content to, to help like bring them up. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it other people cool assume. to see It was cool to be accepted in that community and, and I'll, I'll forever be grateful of being accepted by by the Compton High community. It's it's something that I I personally cherish more than anything else. Yeah, that's uh, very powerful and makes a lot of sense. Just to give the people some background, you know, Tony Thomas is not the type of guy that just warms up to you no, right away. No, no, no. Like he so, talk to you if you yeah, know like you, yeah. yeah, you know. So it's the same thing with me when I you know oh you know oh what do you why are you interviewing the kid? Okay, <laughs> I understand you work in the media. So I imagine it was the same thing for you. So for that to just completely turn around and for him to understand it and like now high school coaches like understand it, mm-hmm. you know, they get it. They know what people are doing. Obviously it's, it's also on so many platforms and it's a lot bigger. So that, that's just a great story. I think that um, kind of segues into it, it, how this has evolved into a huge business and everyone wants video cameras in the gym everyone's filming on their phone everyone has a camera uh there when you go to games you see multiple guys on the baseline filming games now matt um take us through the evolution and how when you saw that starting to change and kind of where it's where it's gone now um i think it's kind of in like a sort of smaller scale way it's kind of always been like that ever since maybe 2008 okay but as time has gone on like when you're a young kid you can go out there and kind of mess around with your camera and mm-hmm. not sure. have to worry about responsibilities but once you become an adult eventually you just got to be like you know what i can't do this anymore i got to move on so then sure. a new cycle of people come in yeah and we've uh, seen that before yeah. so there's just been like this new cycle of people who just love doing what we do and love basketball and it's understandable and i've watched many people come and go um, but today it's because of the, the phone being able to film, it's kind of brought that even more to the forefront of like, Hey, like anybody can come and do this. There's a lot of competition in the space and, um, like it or not, like we, we love the competition, like competition makes you better. Mm-hmm. Um, it also sheds more light on the space itself, which ultimately is going to benefit, uh, the basketball athlete more than anything else. So, uh, I think it's, it's good for, for basketball. I think it's good for uh, th- as long as it's good for basketball as long as it's kept mainly to basketball. Like you just sure. gotta be, you just gotta be careful with these kids because they're so young that you kind of let them have a life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and we're seeing that you know with it's so much filming going on. Uh, seems like every open run workout. Club game is filmed. Well, and like, you know, if something happens in one of those games, someone's filming on a phone, it's immediately uploaded to Twitter, Instagram, and various social media platforms. So it's like instant, like, gratification, and it kind of ties into instant gratification of offers and uh, things like that. Things we've been talking about. Things we've been talking about throughout, you know, the entire, you know, time we've been doing this podcast. But 
I mean, where do you where do you see it going from here, Matt? I mean, it seems like we're at like a, a peak right now. What's the next, you know, road? No, I don't think we're at a peak at all. <clears throat> Every time I think we're at a peak, all of a sudden I look at like the next year's numbers and it's just insane. Like, for instance, it took us 10 years to reach a billion views okay. at the end of 2017. And 2008, and like the last 20 months, 2018 and the first eight months of this year, we've done 4 billion views. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> so like, like there you go, Devin. You know how you like those numbers? That's a B. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was not, not from yeah. the view yeah. standpoint, yeah. but more of the business the standpoint. The road, like, yeah. What, like, you have your product line, yeah. which is very successful. You have your YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter channels, which have millions <clears throat> of followers. You hit, like, we're videoing players putting highlights up and now we're into workouts nba players you know open runs things like that what's the next thing down the frontier line? maybe frontier you don't want to give out your secrets but is there something else that might pop up um that will you know continue to build the intrigue um i think if you're talking strictly like there's a couple questions that you asked there one mm -hmm. is more on the business side right and the business side i'll answer that one first is more like for us we haven't even really touched like the base of the iceberg yet. okay um and the reason why is because if you don't know like we've never had any type of outside capital for ball's life like we've i don't come from a rich family that right. just gave me a bunch of money to right. play with um so everything we've done like i said i was working full-time sometimes overtime while i was doing this when i was younger dealing drugs <laughs> pretty much <laughs> legally dealing drugs um so throughout time it's like we've always had to really watch what we spend on mm -hmm. and watch what we implement and watch what we do really to a level that some of these new guys who are going out and getting upwards of 35 million dollars didn't have to do and right. currently still don't have to do right um so we weren't allowed to make the type of mistakes that somebody else can make right if that makes sense yeah because you had no money to fall back on never and and even uh, today we have to watch things as much as we possibly can even though we're the leader in the space um so I think right now, um, if we were able to get an influx of capital that helps us be able to expand, and, and for me especially in watching the numbers and, and handling that that part of the business, it's like, let me get some legs under me and see what mm -hmm. see what we can do. Yeah. This be whole entire folks. time, I've been I've been like <laughs> walking and, and backwards up a mountain. Right. Well, let me walk down the mountain now. Yeah. And let me run. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why we're just like really at the base la layer of, of, of the mountain where I think once we're able to really climb up it, um, things are going to change for us business-wise. Mm -hmm. And then additionally with the content side of where things are going to go, um, I think they can go a bunch of different ways. I know um, everyone's trying to get into the esports category with okay. uh, video gaming. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be w people trying to tie things into that. Um, I think basketball training is getting bigger and bigger every single year as yeah. well. Um, whether whether you agree with the methods that are pushed out some there or of them. not, yeah, some <laughs> of them. <laughs> Ronnie almost spit out his water. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a whole other pod. Yeah, some of them I do. Some of them I do agree with for sure, but some so, of them I do not. So I think that's going to get heightened a bit more, and then it's also really about the most important thing is building a personality. I, I mean, a lot of these times, people are trying to create content where the personality is the player, but you can't. And whether I'm giving this out as like a yeah. a tool or not, like you can't really build a personality of a player mm -hmm. yeah and the reason why is because 
if they're really good, they got to go off and, and play basketball mm-hmm. in college. And yeah. If they make it to the pros, they don't have time for you. The to, NCAA's not letting letting you into their games. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not even not even just that. If you're even trying to do something with them off the court, like it's very difficult. It has to be approved. Not, yep. Yeah, ha- everything has to be approved by their manager, their agency, all this type of stuff. And then it's like, well, what are you going to give them in order to to get that access? Yeah, correct. So it's really about building a personality off the court that's associated directly with your company that you can like move forward business-wise with that person and that personality helps you a tremendous amount like for instance with you guys with with the podcast like that's a personality in and of itself um and i think that's really uh the the way where things are going to go with those kind of three three things there and then i think also with women's basketball i think there's a huge push for it right now um whether the appetite is really big right now. It doesn't really matter. I think everything needs a little bit of time to grow. Sure. Just like we say with DeMar and, and the guys you filmed at the beginning. Yep. And I think that appetite will, will grow. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of emphasis on, on that over these next few years. And that's like a whole nother side of, a, of the business of content creation. And yeah. even just, uh, in even just a, building the audience because right now our audience is heavily male when we yes. start covering mm-hmm. women's audience like we, we actually I saw, have, yeah i saw you guys launch an ig for balls live women's basketball but even prior to that we've been following women's basketball yeah. probably better part of two years lately yeah and i've watched our i like our audix girl special k the, who's hoop by Oakland <laughs> girls skills summit sponsored by balls life i already see it in the lights right now it's up there i see it <laughs> no, we've watched our audience go from like 99% male in the past like six months, depending which platform, it's like upwards of 15% female. Wow. So that's it's like just, a huge change. Yeah. And in this a short period of time. Change. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Let's go into some fun questions that we picked your brain on, you know, your the business side of things. What's your all time favorite mixtape uh, that Ball is Life ever did? Yeah, just kind of from a fan perspective. From your fan perspective, take your business out of it. The fav- The one you like to watch the most. Um, that's a tough one. Give us a couple. I, I don't like. I haven't really watched stuff since like I've been like really filming, and I don't. I film sparingly now, just to, yeah. like just to yeah. Keep, you're on the biz dev part, yeah, just, yeah. just to keep you know, you know my yeah. my arm yeah like in yeah. good. You gotta good keep spot that right arm exactly. nice and buff. Yeah, and your shoulders gotta be strong. And keeping my zoom my zoom <laughs> hand like nice and good. Uh, no, but I think. One of my favorite ones is Damar's senior season mixtape because we did something different on that one. Um, we made it almost like a like a DVD option menu uh, at the time for YouTube. So they they came out with like these new things called annotations where you can like click through the video. So in the beginning, we almost made like a, D, a DVD menu with it. And mm-hmm. It was like click here to go to like his junior season mixtape. Mm-hmm. Click here to go to his senior season mixtape. Wow! And it was just something that was different and like way ahead of its time. Um, and just like the highlights and everything from me. I filmed his whole entire senior season. Yeah. So to be at every single one of those games and to watch the highlights come to life, that would have to be my favorite one. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Makes sense. What was your biggest W as a company? Like, if you think back to a, a game-changing moment, what, what would that have been? Um, I think the NBA lockout year. Okay. That was uh, 2011. We were at pretty much every single one of those lockout games. And because we were at all of those lockout games, it brought us like this big audience. Like I was looking at the numbers actually yesterday. Um, we had like 
I want to say like 29 million views from 2007 through July 1st, 2011. <laughs> and this from July 1st, 2011 through the end of the year in 2011, we had like 13 million wow. views. And then we doubled our subscriber base. Mm-hmm. So for us, like at the time, you might think like, oh, that's not even that much. Right. But at the time, that was huge. Yeah, it's massive. Like, again, you got to start from somewhere. Um, so for us, like it was like, how do we keep this audience? How do you keep this going, mm-hmm. momentum uh, going? Because they're going to start playing games again. Yeah. That helped yeah. you develop relationships with the NBA players. Am I, is that right? Um, kind of get you in with those guys or? Sort of, kind of. I mean, it just put Maybe us on them the radar. awareness. On the radar, they, yeah. They got awareness of you guys. Yeah. yeah. Like it put us yeah. on the radar for sure. Okay. And what, what, would, what would the biggest L be? Um, damn, I didn't know that one was coming. It's coming, Matt. <laughs> you, you you know me by now. Um, well, we had this guy, Devin Ugland. Yeah, yeah what a shitty hire that was. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> nah, He's um, terrible on the podcast. It's a good question. I think I don't really count things in terms of, like, losses. Yeah. For me, it's more of, like, what did you learn, learn. from? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, you're always going to make mistakes, but I think we've done a really good job at, like, not letting people realize we're making a mistake because we learn from it so well. Right. Like for me, I always preach to everyone on my team, like, I want you to go out there and try things and make a mistake because if you make a mistake and you learn from it, at least you tried. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not trying and you're constantly, like, thinking, like, anybody can come up with an idea. You could sit yeah. here, you yeah. come up with 100 ideas in, like, a few hours if you have nothing else to do. Sure. But if you're not implementing any of those ideas and you're not doing them. It's worthless. Then that's an L yeah. to me. So I think as as long as you're going out there and you're trying, and if you make a mistake and you can learn from it, that's what's good. It's also nice to have $35 million to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's good stuff. That's good learning. And it, it, yeah, it's very interesting and exciting to see, like I said, from where this all started. You know, for me personally, I got a hold of some videos when I was a kid, some VHS cassettes. There's one that's famous. It's a football tape. It came out in Boys in the Hood. And people think that that tape, they don't know where it's coming from. It's obviously Morris Chestnut. He's playing a uh, a football player who's trying to go to USC. He obviously tragically gets shot in the movie. But that that tape in that movie is real. It's it's real. It's a player, Kevin Hicks, who played at UC at he played at West LA College. He played at Washington State and played at Crenshaw. And when I got a hold of that tape, it was like, man, this guy is so awesome. So he got me hooked onto it. You know, I started making um. I started making mixtapes for guys that were like Alley City players uh, in the early early 1990s with two VCRs. It was a lot of work, you know. We we luckily we had a couple cable channels were around that were filming games, or people would just film, like you said, like Nicario film Rafer, just put the tripod on and and film the games. But uh, that kind of got me into that, and I, I then you would like you said, Matt, you would hear these stories of these guys, you know, Alan Utter, a Southern California resident who um, would go and film like Nike Camp, ABCD, and other various things. I mean, he was an animal. You kind of met him toward the end of his filming, and you said he was kind of like... He <laughs> yeah, just, is, I want to hear this. Yeah, I want, I want, Matt yeah. said he wasn't going to hold back on this one. Yeah, he was just like kind of... You know, he's a, he's a very odd odd uh, character, great guy. You know, a, he's a monster filming. Filmed 14 straight hours in a gym. Just sit there and film. Wouldn't leave, but, go to the bathroom. can you watch any of his videos? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Because whenever I saw him filming, he had the camera up with one hand and he was talking to somebody looking the other way. 
Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> and so it was like almost at like a forty-five degree angle yeah. that he was holding it at, and it's just constantly make you And Matt and and anybody else was just in his way. I mean, he just because yeah. again, he had the space to himself. Like you said, it wasn't anybody else there. So it's very interesting. You know, um, he has all those videos. He actually dedicated and gave them to me, and. It's very interesting how work, how funny how things work out. The big fire in Malibu that happened two years ago, last summer. When was the big fire in Malibu? Two years Um, ago. Yeah, it was huge fire. Right, it like wiped out his house. So like, if I didn't get those videos, they'd all be destroyed. His his house got leveled. Wait, 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 wait. This guy was doing (laughs) mixtapes that weren't very good, and he has a house in Malibu. Yeah. We're in the wrong business. Yeah, you're in the wrong business. I'm in the wrong business. So too late. Yeah. Matt was little, yeah. Matt was just Matt in was, his Matt way. Matt Get out of my born, way. Matt wasn't born soon enough. <laughs> no. Matt could be in Malibu right now, just chilling. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's crazy because, fortunately, our buddy Alan lost us. I think he's getting rebuilt. Obviously, he lived by Lake Malibu, which is very seclusive between the one and the one hundred one on the back. And if we didn't hook up and say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get him off your hands. You know, I know you're tired. Like, yeah, Ryan, I don't want this stuff no more. It would be gone. So one day, like Matt says, I had to turn my head sideways and look at the the, the video and see what's on there. Uh, you know, like he said, yeah, there's vertigo, some, yeah, vertigo. He he tried to pawn that off <laughs> yeah. on Otic. Yeah, Otic was just like, yeah, I'm not looking at this. <laughs> Otic's not gonna look <laughs> oh, at really? it. Oh really? Uh, it's gonna have to be me or somebody else. I already know because, like he said, if there's a dunk contest on there, there's a Nike camp contest. That you know, there's you Ronnie Fields on see. there. You'll just never know what you'll see, and we gotta pull and it then, out of and there. And then Rodriguez will be like, Ronnie. Let's get that video yeah. up. Get yeah. it, get it to me. <laughs> so it's just I know Otik's not gonna watch it. He don't want it. So it's great. Like it's just a great story. It's a, it's a interesting how all that stuff started and how many years ago he did that, leading up to like you know when he even filmed the first Pangos Camp in two thousand three, uh, first first couple, and he has some other things that he probably filmed. So it's just a matter of going through the vault. It's funny how those those stories get told. Like even um even Reggie Bush, uh. Funny story when I was with ES when I was with ESPN, um, you know Reggie Bush w- was at USC, and his tape people wanted to because of what he was doing that last year people wanted to watch it, and it was funny because what would happen was at the time literally just like anybody else you have a uh, one of your workers call the high school coach hey coach. His coach was Gordon Wood at Helix High. Can you just send us the Reggie's tape? Right. Yeah, sure. No problem. This was before Huddle. When <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. uploaded it, you could take it off there. We make emails it to us. We're like, this tape is sick, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, SC's getting ready for their game against Texas, and ESPN plays it off like deep from the vaults of the ESPN files. We have this Reggie Bush highlight. So they started showing the highlights on on. um you know, on Sports Center and yeah. things like that. But just the story they made around it was like they had the video the whole time that they were waiting for him to break out and like have this great career at SC. It was that, that kind of brings it was me, actually yeah. somebody just called the coach and he mailed it yeah. to us. That brings you know? me a question, another question for you, Matt, before you go. I know you're gotta get out of here in a couple minutes here, but was there ever a guy who had so much hype behind him and you're like super excited to go see him play, and then you go there and you're like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> Can you think that back that far? Um, I would say one of those guys would probably have to be what's his name, Demetrius. Demetrius, Demetrius Walker. Walker. Yeah, because I think yeah. he was like on the cover of Sports Illustrated at the time, right. being like the next big thing. thing. Um, and then like when I went to go 
film him, like yeah. I couldn't pick him out. Wow. Interesting. <clears throat> so did you go to a Fontana game or one of those early games of his ninth grade year? You kind of no, remember that? Jay Sarah? It was when he was at Jay Sarah. Okay, at Jay point. Sarah. He was already at Jay Sarah. Wow. Yeah, by the time he was at Jay Sarah, it was like the the hype was already coming down. Yeah. You know, so people that know Dimitri's story, he was um, you know, played like his team won the 13 under national title with a bunch of guys who became good high school players, Justin Hawkins, Rome Draper, uh guys that went on to play college ball. Um and he was the he was the star. The reverse of that is yes. a yeah. guy that I watched that had all the talent in the world that eventually didn't make it was Renardo Sidney. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like that guy was amazing his sophomore year. I think yeah, you he guys was. almost gave him player of the year. Yeah, he state, was. Right? He was. He was he really did well. Again, for whatever reason, because he was playing with James, it was James Harden's senior year. They had a really good team. They also had our guy AJ Gaspora. Don't even hi- do they not had, hype yeah. him up. They had don't, Malik Story. I, I'm, sick of, I'm sick of AJ Gaspora talk. Let's get <laughs> Malik Story. They had a good team, and it worked because Ronaldo really respected those guys. Like he was new to the, the state, and they won the their division state championship. And he played terrific. You're right. I mean, at times he was. He was the number one player in that class. And then he, those guys graduated. Um, and Coach Lauren Glover left after Scott Perry had left to ASU. And when he went to Fairfax, it kind of wasn't the same. He didn't have that same rapport with the guys. You could see he was being distracted. It was still yeah. a good high school player, but it was a different field yeah. than Artesia. Uh, they just didn't have a uh, that grip of the the camaraderie with those guys, yeah. even though there was other good players on the team. And what's crazy is the role player on that yeah. Fairfax team made it to the NBA. Yeah, Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill's making like sixty million dollars. Yeah, and we've told that story how Solomon sometimes would get confused with Kawhi Leonard, yeah. people on the dream <laughs> on that team. Club team, yeah. <laughs> because Ronaldo's dad was like, "Here's the jerseys, <laughs> put them on. We're gonna play." It was just like no number. I mean, the yeah. numbers were all mixed up. They yeah. were all mixed up. The the the, the coaches were trying to. Who, which guy is which? Is that Leonard? You know, and then I remember talking to um, the team manager at the time. She goes, yeah, I, I do remember sometimes Kawhi and sometimes Solomon both had cornrows. So it was like if you were a college coach and hadn't seen either one, you, would, and you wouldn't know because there was the blank numbers in, in, in the program. So, yeah, very interesting how, how that played out. Um, you know, Demetrius came in with so much fanfare at Fontana High, and then he went over to J. Sarah, and then he finished his high. He played one year at J. Sarah, and then finished his high school career at St. Mary's of Phoenix, where he won a state title. Um, his mom had moved from Southern California to Phoenix, and he was like, this ain't working out for me. So, um, yeah, very interesting how his the parallels of those careers and, and then guys like Jamar, who just kind of stayed the course, went to SC for one year, and then obviously ultimately made the NBA. So uh, let's come full circle. Jamar is, I'm assuming, let's go 2008. He's almost 30 years old 29 30 years old i think so yeah you know he graduated in 2008 um and you know he ha- he had one year at sc and had a, had a great career and he's currently 30 Ron. he's born he's, 89 yeah he's, yep. he's about 30 because he graduated in 2008 so you know i heard about demar like that like we we're talking about demetrius walker and i when we well, hopefully we get him here on the line i want to ask him you know DeMar's one of these guys that supposedly had, like, dunked in sixth grade. 
You know, so mm-hmm. it's just like who dunks in sixth grade? You know, seventh grade dunkers, okay. Eighth grade dunkers, most good players. If you're really good, you're dunking in eighth. I was trying grade. to touch the net in sixth yeah. grade. <laughs> yeah, it's like how's this guy dunking <laughs> on, on an eight foot rim? Yeah, how's this guy dunking <laughs> on a on a ten foot rim? And and it's crazy because we talk about Demetrius talking about Ronaldo. Ronaldo's from Piney Woods, Mississippi. Uh, you know, Demetrius' mother went to Crenshaw, and he lived in the I I E. So nowadays, you have guys that live all over. And go all over, whether it's like football with St. John Bosco Monterey. We touched on that last week where guys live. Yeah. It's this is like a huge it's just like a business what business in many have, respects. You literally yeah. have caravans picking guys up yeah. in various towns various towns sudden. and taking them to these schools. And in contrast to DeMar, he lived across the street from Compton High. <laughs> he walked he walked to school. <laughs> yeah, he lived across the street from Compton High. So it's just amazing how he's he's always represented uh that school in the community. And and it's you know, obviously he's gonna be in the twilight of his career, and, and he's multiple time All Star. You know where does that leave him? What, you know what 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 does this mean to him as as time goes by? And you know like Devin, what do you what do you think? You know what 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 guy did you kind of see? Just take away your business and and what you got to do for work. What did you kind of realize? Okay, I, I watched it. Oh, that video's cool. I'm gonna watch that. You know what? What guy I mean, or when what? I was when I was in yeah, give us the, your your timeline there. In, er, when I was early in high school, maybe late middle yeah. school. I M one mixtape was on ESPN in the middle of the, the day. show. So it was like yeah, the yeah. M one mixtape show it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and you got the M one mixtape with Hot Sauce, Sauce and all those dudes. Yeah, and then you'd watch that, and then you'd head over to the park and try those moves, and then you'd be playing, you know, pick up with old timers. You know, like back then there were you know thirty five year olds playing at the park, and you'd play pickup against them doesn't happen much these days anymore but you try those moves and then you get in an argument with them because they're like that's a travel that's a carry yeah like no way bitch that's a that's a one mixtape you know yeah what I mean? yeah like, yeah that's your guys the influence were different yeah, yeah how was... many sprints did you run for trying that shit in practice yeah uh i didn't try that in high school practice i saved that for the park I was more of a park believe, player than a high school that. practice player i don't believe yeah. it no i didn't i really didn't <laughs> i really didn't now Coming into what's your what's your um, senior year? Matt Matt's heading out right now, heading yeah. to uh, some important conference. Uh, thanks for joining us, Matt. And I'm going to turn the air back on. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Who Matt. turned it off? Yeah. It's so yeah. hot in here. Yeah. Go ahead, Ronnie. Finish. Uh, what, what were you asking? So it's about 2000. Uh, give us your timeline. Is that like 2007? When was your senior? In, so my senior year of high school was 2006. Oh, okay. So you just uh, missed. So was, you didn't see any. "Quote unquote balls live highlights from mixtape because th- that wasn't out yet. It wasn't out yet. Yeah. yeah so, so you were more you saw some and one stuff. Yeah. That and one stuff was was going on during my end of end of middle school was when it really yeah. started kind of catching on, uh, and you were able to see you know grainy videos yeah. on those respective you know whatever MySpace or whatever before any of that existed. Um, and then. Yeah, it was always fun because it, it was different. That was yeah, the it was thing. Different. It, yeah. it, it showed it showed me a white kid from Huntington Beach, California, a whole different culture and a whole different style of basketball, yeah. which I took to. I liked it. Yeah, and then you you could see the professor was influenced yeah. by that yep. N one tape. Yep. And then he became popular. Yep. Hot sauce was really popular. I yeah. remember all those guys, you know, Escalade who passed away. Escalade, the, the yep. late Mark Jackson's Mark Jackson's late brother. Um, you know, the fifty, the guy who could really jump. It's very interesting how that whole scenario played out. Um, I remember there were some comments Rafer made that, uh, you know, it kind of brought it into perspective, and it kind of, I think, uh, changed the vibe of that whole movement. He kind of somebody asked him, and somewhere he's like, 
well, who's going to make the NBA? Who's going to be the next guy to make the NBA from the and one mixtape? Right, he was right, like, right. Nobody. nobody. They're yeah, not as good as me. I remember that. Me. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it became kind of an issue between the players and him because he was in the NBA at the time. Then, then he became successful. He yeah. started for the Magic. Yeah. They went to the finals, yeah, and he, he was their starting guard. Right. But it kind of changed that whole – people kind of changed like, ah, those guys are not – maybe that kind of changed the look. Ah, those guys are not NBA players. It kind of changed the paradigm a little bit, I thought. And that's kind of why that and one mixtape – Circuit kind of stopped, or ceased, and it kind of yeah. came back as ball, a ball up a little bit, or a lot of yeah, yeah, it came yeah, just for a, a brief moment. But a yeah. lot of a lot of the interest was like, damn, can these guys like Which play street ball? ball? Can they play in the NBA? Yeah. And you wanted to follow that and watch that, correct? But like you said, when Rafer made those comments correct. saying, yeah, there's no way they can play in the NBA because the style of play is yeah, different. They're not, they're not good enough. They're, they're not, not conforming. They're not going to conform to the rules. Yeah, that kind of halted the. The rise of that, but it was fun while it lasted, Ronnie. Definitely, uh, it was great, great stuff, you know. And like we said, the, the ties to SoCal, I got. I, as you looked at those guys, I looked at Rafer. It was I had an opportunity to watch him because he came back to California. He went to Ventura College, played for Phil Matthews there. They won the state championship. He was incredible. I mean, he was an NBA guard, and and he had a little bit of the flair to him. Um, uh, you know, he had a little bit of the flair to him. And then he, he sat out a year, he played at Fresno City, uh, and then he played at Fresno State for the year before he went got drafted by the Bucks. So I was able to follow him before that tape even hit. It's funny, I think even when I first saw the tape, they sh- you know how they had the little TVs in the corner at, at, at like foot action or whatever story Oh, was? yeah, they played. They showed it. Yeah, they did, yeah. And I go, I didn't even know that was Rafer. I was like, oh, that, that's pretty cool. And then I realized like a few plays in or maybe halfway through the first segment, I was like, that's Rafer. Dude, that is cool. Like I was like, I need to get that, you know, just to have it. Me, I just wanted to collect it to have it. You know, was oh, I sure. wasn't inspired it's his, by it's it. history though. Yeah, I wasn't inspired by well, you were older. Yeah, you were I was older. older. I was I was a middle yeah. school, high school kid. I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm going to the park. I'm trying I wanted these it because I'd follow Rafer and I said, Man, that's the guy who was at Ventura who's, you know, trying to make the bucks. You know, hopefully he makes it. Right. You know, he's kinda like he was a, a borderline player when he got drafted, but he was good enough, no doubt about it. You know, so um, Ryan, I believe we have Demar on the line. Demar, do we have you? Yes, sir. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. You have Devin Newland here and Ronnie Flores. Um, Ronnie, kick it off uh, for us. Yeah, Demar. Uh, you know, at the time, this is maybe going into your junior at Compton, and and Matt and those guys were coming by. Did you even realize that they were filming your games or practices? Did you even know what he was trying to to do? No, I had no clue what he was trying to do. And I remember he used to catch us all off guard because we was always wondering, like, what the hell, who is this dude in here? <laughs> what the hell is he doing? Yeah, he guys probably thought he was like, what is this guy doing, working for the yeah, police like, or something? You know, yeah. Like, we, we, it just always used to confuse us. And, you know, we never, um, you know, because it, it really wasn't, you really didn't see people around like that, um, recording mm-hmm. and the mix mixtape game wasn't really on 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 front street like it was today yeah. you know yeah. we didn't really have social media nobody really had a laptop you could go to and, and, and you know see these things so i'm glad you know it kind of started with us and you know, i was kind of uh, a part of, of of the beginning of the mixtape game mm-hmm. yeah damar so how did you guys like, did he tell you, yo, yo, just I'll bring my computer back tomorrow. You guys can watch. Like, how did he show, tell you guys what he was like, show you guys the video that that, that you he actually filmed? How did y'all go I, back to, to actually watch it? I think he, he snuck in and got 
some good footage of, I want to say a game or a tournament or something. And, yeah. Um, it was a mixtape that came out, and we all seen it. And ever since then, it was uh, shit. Every every time he could come around, we wanted him around to record something so we could see, you know, highlights from the game and everything. So I think it was it was. I forgot when it was. It was it was a summer league game or high school game. It was something that was going on, and um, it just it just it just went up from there, you know. So yeah. Um, was it crazy? What was your thought when you first saw yourself on your first mixtape? Like you're looking at yourself now. What What was your thought thinking? Or like, damn, what? Are, that's you know, what What were you thinking? Man, I could, I couldn't believe it at first, honestly, because you know, like I said, you didn't. At the time, I think the only mixtapes we used to be hyped to see was the A one mixtape. Mm-hmm. I remember begging my dad to, to buy this tape or rent this tape and. We kind of make copies of it, but when we first seen it, you know, we used to try to go to the library and um and um see if we could get on the internet, go to YouTube, because even then, that's when YouTube first started getting started too. So um, it was dope, man. We used to, I, I want to say, my first couple thousand views was definitely for me and my teammates, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, it was your guys' own watching it. That makes sense. Um, you know, people always talk about you because. People heard about you. Obviously, I've been following high school ball, and people say, oh, there's this guy. He's going to go to Compton High. He lives by by the high school. He's dunking in sixth grade. Now, tell us a little bit about that, and is that factually, accurately true? And then secondly, like, what do you remember about dunking at that age? Like, what did it mean to you? Um, Yeah, it was definitely true, but it was more so of, you know, you know, when you on the playground, everybody out there trying trick shots, trying trick layups, trying to do moves. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those moments where everybody was around, everybody, you know, throw up the ball and try to dunk and everything. And I was just one of the ones that put up there and was able to dunk. And the whole playground went crazy. And, you know, since that day, it was like a popular thing at school. And it was fun from there on out. That makes sense, Demar. Do you ever get you know younger NBA players coming into the league now come up to you and be like, "Man, I remember watching your your mixtape at Compton High School. That that was crazy." Do, do any guys ever come up to you and say that? And- oh, yeah. yeah, I definitely hear it every time, and it's beyond a, it's beyond a, a you know. Sometimes it makes me feel old. Sometimes <laughs> you know, it definitely makes me feel good because you know um, I do the same thing with a lot of these younger guys. Right. You know, I see they mixtapes way before they even get in the league, way before they even get in college. So, you know, it definitely go both ways. So it's a it's a fun thing to be a part of, especially when you hear guys bring up saying, you know, I remember your your um your mixtape back in high school, all the things you did and everything. So it's pretty cool. Is there is there a young guy currently um that you really, you know, take to and, and got a guy you like to watch your mixtape and like their game? Man, this it's it's some it's, at this point, there's so many guys yeah, that it's, right? it's been hard for me to even keep up with, honestly, because it seems like every week it's, it's a new new guy. It's guys that's getting mixtapes, that's playing in the Drew League, that's still in high school, that's playing against grown men, and, right. um, pros, and you know stuff like that. You you automatically become a fan of these guys, and it's it's, it's cool to even see what how much content comes. Every week from guys, it's, it's even hard to keep up with, but it's definitely entertaining. Um, do you guys ever, like, you know, NBA players, 
be on a bus or going to the airport or something like that. Do you ever guys talk trash? Be like, man, I seen that dude's mixtape. He's bunk or he's whack <laughs> or like, man, mine's is way better or something like that. Do you ever guys joke and have a good time? Uh, yeah, you know, it's always a competitive sport when sure. when it comes to hooping. You know, um, and that's just nature. You know, yeah. it's never in a malicious way, but it's always something you could go off. And a lot of times, a lot of guys compare their our old accolades um, to other guys' old accolades. Um, and that'd be the funny part, you know, just going back, like, man, when I was in high school, man, I was this. You couldn't yeah. stop me doing this. <laughs> yeah. Don't let me put up the footage like we're not in the lead or, yeah. or something like that. So it's definitely cool. That kind of brings us into, you know, the whole mixtape where it is now. Like, Ball's Life is huge. It has millions of followers on Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, millions and billions of views on, on YouTube. Did you ever think when our guy Matt Rodriguez was in the gym filming you and you thought, you know, who the hell is this guy that it would be where it is now? No, not, <laughs> not, not at all. I remember just being, I just remember being excited, being able to get the link, the link to, uh, to put on my MySpace. <laughs> like, <laughs> Demar, Demar, who is in your top eight? <laughs> I, I have no clue. <laughs> I wouldn't even remember, honestly. But, um, looking back on it, man, it's even even more enjoyable because you see how far, you know, um, the baller's life and everything has, has, has came. And, you know, for me, it's an honor to even be one of the first ones to start and be a part of it. Uh, one more question, Damar, and we'll let you go. Uh, you know, pros like commenting on, on Twitter, like they'll see a highlight or something. You know, like Jamal Crawford's a guy I see, uh, like he's always commenting on stuff. Like, but from the perspective of an NBA player or a guy who's taking this game seriously, what would you like to see improved in terms of these highlights to help the kids? What would you like to make sure these kids don't forget? Um, the fundamentals uh, of, of the game. You know, it's always, it's always, it always look good when you're going out there doing all the fancy things, doing all the, you know, high flying dunks and everything. But you can't forget that it's more to it that comes with it. You know, the the hard work that you put in um, to get to the moments to be able to to show off your your skills at at that high level. You know, you just can't forget forget about the fundamentals because at the end of the day, it's all it always look good when it makes sense. And everything come out, but you gotta be able to put that work in and, and earn to be able to be one of them guys that gotta gotta mixtape. Demar Derozan, Ball's Life mixtape legend, Compton High legend, and current NBA All Star. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, Demar. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, good, you know, good, quick to the point. Yeah. Uh, rhetoric that Demar has and. Uh, it's just funny. I could just picture Matt in the gym. Yeah, like, no, that's the funniest the, part of this whole thing. What the hell is this guy doing is, here? Is the imagery that of DeMar Tony provided. and Tony and Tony just looking at yeah. him like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Walking up to a Compton High player with a camera. Yeah, it's gonna be the first, you know what I mean? That's not that's not something that they were used to. Yeah, uh, it's not something that uh, anybody was used to at that yeah, time. But Matt and Otic and they, everyone else involved has grown yeah. uh, Ball's life into a. Uh, I mean, this is a major, major, major company with uh, multiple avenues, whether it's uh, streetwear, yeah. uh, mixtapes, us sitting here, you know, babbling about, about stuff. About uh, basketball, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see what where it's coming. And as Demar said, I mean, he was like, I didn't, we didn't know who this guy was. Yeah. And now 
people still don't know who Matt is. That's the craziest he part about this. Yeah. Matt walks into a gym now and no like these kids nowadays it's since he's been design. off yeah. yeah, he's been off yeah. the camera for so long, they have no clue who he is. Yeah. <laughs> they have no idea. <laughs> and I think that's that's good my for design. Him. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And and it's it's funny, I you know, I remember uh Kyrie and then a couple other of the guys who played at Compton at the time and yeah, I mean they were just really excited, like Damar said, you know. Whether how he got it, whether it's on his email to get that link to watch the highlight. <laughs> yeah, he had to get a link to watch the highlight, right? Yeah. Or he yeah. had to go to the library to yeah. try and get internet to watch it. Imagine yeah. that. Nowadays, yeah. kids just pop their phone out yeah. and say, you know, Josh Christopher has a crazy dunk. That thing's on Instagram in 10 seconds. Yeah. And it's crazy because that kind of piqued my interest as a kid. Um, like I said, I was trying to make that point earlier and why I'm probably sitting here right now, Devin. If I, I, if I didn't get a hold of people's football and basketball highlight mixtapes. I'm not sure I would have kept my interest. They kept my interest through college because obviously I had to, you know, take some other responsibilities, as Matt said. I couldn't follow it as just as closely there for a few years. Then I wanted to do it when I finished college. And obviously I was more into the journalist side because I wasn't holding a camera, but it still started from watching stuff on a VHS machine you know yeah. like that's where it started from right. watching high school players like, oh man let me see that guy's tape is that guy's tape any good like that's how you wanted to learn you know and you just it was rare to get high school footage you had to really either get it from somebody or somebody had to film the game or you luckily something would be on uh whether it be prime ticket or kcop kcal once <laughs> in a kcop yeah. once in yeah, a great yeah, yeah. wow kcal then yeah. it kind of changed the industry when um the, the the game of the week started, and actually they had basketball back then at the first. Fox had basketball a lot back then. You know, uh, if you were of that age, you could probably see Tyson Chandler like most of his big games on Fox Sports West. Like his yeah. whole high school career was chronicled on Fox Sports West, right? And he was like the first SoCal athlete who had that in terms of basketball, where like his games were on TV. Mm-hmm. First Clovis West and Chris Hernandez versus. Oak Hill, they played Oak Hill a couple times. The games were on Fox. Yeah, I remember West. the Oak Hill games. Yeah, yeah, you can watch. He played Eddie Griffin, the late Eddie Griffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matchup, they were supposed to be like best junior versus best senior. So it was all on film and all on TV. But before that, really wasn't. You had to like really know people or dig. And it's funny because I'm I have some Facebook friends that uh, played high school ball. A lot of them, some of them you might know, Devin as well. You see him in the gyms, and we're trying to get a hold of this uh, Southern section versus. LA City section uh, is that the CIF game. Is that the the, the roster, roster I put up? Yeah. yeah. Now we now we want the game, like, and we know who has it, and we're like, dude, make a coffee. Yeah. So it never ends. It's never ended. It's twenty five years later. We still want to watch it. We still want to laugh. Have a aha look at him. Yeah, yeah. See what's on there. You know. Right. You never it, know what you're gonna you, find. You never know what you're gonna see. You never know what you're gonna find. So for me, it's it's been a lifelong love affair. I'm I'm really honored to be a part of it, a small part of it, and it's very funny to hear what Demar says. It is. You know about how he kind of has a, a a role in it and there's a lot of guys that have a role in it. Guys we mentioned like you said Rafer, um other guys, even even the professor is kind of has a relationship with Matt and in in I've I've had uh, talked to professor a lot when I was doing the Elite 24 with with ESPN. You know, he supported it. So it's always been there. Uh, like you said, he mentioned the Drew League has changed. Com- that's changed. Social media has changed that completely. Yeah, the Drew League used to be very small. It was for the players. It was small audience, and now that thing is like oh, worldwide. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, 
And uh, then it kind of segmented into the big three. And people still, I think with the bottom line, people are always want new basketball content. Sure. I, I think that's basically what the gist of it is. And that's why the, the space has grown and yeah. Ball's Life and other uh, entities have been able to, to last. Um, Ryan, that was a really good conversation uh, with Matt and, and Damar and good perspective and good history. It was, it was a good conversation. Let's move into, before we, we close this one out, because we've, we've been going for an, you know quite a while, uh, as yeah. we normally do. But um, <laughs> So we did a podcast maybe a month ago, I'd say, yeah. about SB206. Um, you guys can go play back and listen. Play California play. Pay, pay to Play Act. Uh, tough to say. But a lot of this is getting misconstrued <laughs> now that it's passed another hurdle. Uh, another uh, vote is yeah. it's just right. it's 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 snowballed into something that it isn't. Yeah. So oh, they're gonna get paid. They're gonna yeah. get paid by the schools. That's not, how's this gonna work? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, go How, back. What's you, the NCA gonna say? You can yeah. go back and listen to that podcast. It's yeah. it's labeled California Fair Play to Play Act. Um, yeah. you can go back and listen to that. But Ronnie, I know you wanted to touch on this and you know, yeah. you know, set the record straight. Yeah. What is this about? And uh, you know, it's uh, it's about ahead. getting California. Student athletes who or at these colleges, equal rights that a non-student athlete has to be able to go get a job, to be able to make money off your uh, talent and ability. Right. Whether it's in music, whether it's a pharmacy, whether it's right. Like the uh, way I like a it, dissertation. To put this in, I'm not. I'm not a yeah. legal term guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't like reading. You know. You know. Lots of like legal bills and like yeah. seeing that stuff. The way I describe it is, it allows. Zion Williamson. Say Zion Williamson is a, a great piano player. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe he is. Who knows? Yeah. But if Zion Williamson is a great piano player, he's at Duke. He can start a YouTube channel yeah. with his like playing the piano yeah. and make money off yeah. that with advertising money Correct. and things like that. He has to earn it. So right. it's not getting paid to play. No, it's getting paid because Zion Williamson's a, a yeah prodigal piano player. And and he spent the time to make the channel. Right. He's earned it. It's but he not... can't do that under current Correct. NCAA. Restrictions. Correct. So in California, that would be uh, unlawful at you the have, time. You have an engineering student yeah. who's a, a great piano, piano player. player. They can make money yeah. off of it. Correct. Or, that, or he can get an engineering or job he, yeah. while he's, while he's still in college. Class. Yeah. You can't do that during the season. Right. Uh, uh, a basketball player or a football player, that's what we're kind while of centric on. While they're enrolled even if it's yeah. non-season. Yeah. I, I, I knew it from the season, but even maybe yeah. it's in the non-season. Right. You know, so it's just protections under the law of a basically almost like a – person who is uh, a labor. It's almost like a labor law. Almost. Yeah. I don't want to get off the trap, but I you mean, get what I'm saying? Yeah, if you yeah. have a chance to have a job right. where you have a talent, right. whether it's welding, whether it's... <laughs> um, Hopscotch, anything. Anything that you have a talent for. Because clearly you can put anything on YouTube now and make money off of you it. You can make if, money. If you're good at it. Yeah, and that's just one segment, but you can do anything. Yeah. You can make money off anything, your 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 reputation. Yeah. Well, oh, this guy's a, a, a good carpenter. Okay. Yeah, build me hire bird, me. Build me a birdhouse. Yeah, I want to. I want to be yeah. in my dorm room building a birdhouse. Correct. And sell it. That's what. So they can't. People athletes to, can't do that. Athletes can't do that. So that's kind of the the point we're making. And people say, well, how, how's this going to matter? What's the NCAA going to do? Well, like Ramogi said, Ramogi Huma said in that thing, it takes time. It took time for them to get to this point. Stage. Yep. You know, it's lobbying. It's getting people uh, awareness awareness of it. So if California is removed. From the spear of like NCAA championships or something, that's going to cause a backlash. So other states may say, you know what, we're going to f- follow form and allow our students to do it too. Because you got to remember, California has a lot of colleges and it's a big state. Yeah. 
So other states may say, you know what? I it makes sense from our from our perspective of us politically. It also makes sense. So we're gonna also pass a law. That's what they're hoping that other states conform, and then say would have no choice but to to conform yeah. if other states start right. conforming. What's basically doing is setting up a potential it's legal a battle, battle, legal showdown between California and NCAA, and and kind of putting it on the. Uh, plate of other states to follow suit. suit but you can guys you guys can go back and listen to that uh that show i'm gonna look up actually look and up it, the exact it, number for you and it takes Ronnie, time yeah. it takes time to get to this point and it's gonna take time to get other states perhaps to fall in line with what california is deeming is correct for, or is deeming is lawful for the student right. athletes so that's episode 31 of the yeah. balls in the paint show you can access that on the Balls Life Podcast Network on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Um, please go on there if you like what you hear and, and subscribe. You know, like the the uh, uh, iTunes page, things like that. But uh, Ronnie, I think that that'll wrap it up for this episode, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs>